The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, a big, big, big snit has been avoided. The uh, Cleveland Guardians have reached an agreement with the Cleveland Guardians. Say, huh? What? Yes, the artists formerly known as the Cleveland Indians, Major League Baseball team, have reached an agreement with the artists previously known, longer, as the Cleveland Guardians, the roller derby team. Uh, The uh, Indians, you may remember, uh, bowed to the woke mob that said the nickname of the Indians was uh, racist. And so they had to change it. Who won the World Series? Does anybody remind me? Who won the World Series? Oh, the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. That's right. They're not changing their name. Chicago Blackhawks are not changing their name. The Cleveland Indians, knee guardians, are changing their name. Uh, So they decided they would name the team the Guardians. They entered into an agreement with Tom Hanks, which I assume that takes, Aaron, how long would you say it takes to reach an agreement with a big major Hollywood star like Tom Hanks to narrate your debut video that you're now going to be called the Guardians? Is that like a one phone call conversation? I think it depends on how much it is. If the call is, hey, Tom Hanks, do you want $20 million to record a two-minute audio clip? I think that's a quick yeah. I would imagine like if one of the owners of the Indians walks into the office of his PR guy and says, hey, could you get Tom Hanks on the phone? That probably takes at least a couple of days to find his agent, get through to his agent, to run it by, hey, could we get Tom to narrate this video? My point is, if you take the time to get to Tom Hanks, maybe it'd be a good idea if you want to change the name of your team to Cleveland Guardians to do a little research on, is there another team in town named the Guardians? Well, what do you know? There is. Now, I don't expect the owners of the Indians or the people who work for the Indians to be roller derby fans. I will admit that Years ago, many years ago, on Saturday morning, there used to be roller derby on local television here in Columbus, Ohio. Yes, roller derby. Wrestling on skates. Big time wrestling on skates. That's what roller derby was. I hate to kill your fond memories of roller derby, but it was all contrived, okay? There's no such thing back then, at least, as real, authentic roller derby. It was all contrived. Nevertheless, entertaining. And I'm sure the Cleveland Guardians roller derby team is entertaining. I wouldn't mind watching them. I worked in Cleveland for five years. I didn't know they existed. So it's very possible that the Indians did not know they existed. But it is not plausible that you would name your team something without checking to see if anyone else had that name. But the Indians going about the business of name changing the way they go about the business of baseball... Uh, failed to find out that there was an existing Cleveland Guardians team. 
So now they've reached what they call an amicable resolution. Aaron, would you like to translate what amicable resolution might mean? I'd say a a solution that both sides agree upon. Yeah, I was looking for something along the lines of, we paid you to stop suing us for infringing on your name, ergo amicable resolution. That's probably how that worked. In fact, I'm absolutely positive that's how that worked. Now, just to underscore the oft-stated view that the Cleveland, well, the former Cleveland Indians, now Cleveland Guardians, are cheap, I would think if you reach a settlement with the Cleveland Guardians roller derby team, and you're paying to reach a settlement, which they unquestionably did, wouldn't you think the Cleveland Guardians roller derby team would no longer be the Cleveland Guardians that you would be paying so you could have that name to yourself so there'd be no confusion? Yeah, that's the most interesting thing about this, I think. Yes. Mm ClevelandGuardians.com, still roller derby. Still roller derby. They must have got that. And the deal. And will it, we think, remain roller derby? Because as Aaron has outlined, the settlement is that now they both will continue to be Cleveland Guardians. How can you, if you're the Indians, if I'm the Guardians, any Indians paraphernalia that they're selling, I'm selling a reasonable facsimile of same at like 20% less. Why not? Why not? Do you have to have the official MLB-approved Cleveland Indians stamped okay gear? I wouldn't need to. It says Guardians on it. Good enough for me. So we'll see how this all works out. But it just underscores how ineptly the Cleveland Indians handled this particular situation. Uh, The lawsuit said this. I, I... I could have written this. A major league club cannot simply take a smaller team's name and use it for itself. There cannot be two Cleveland Guardians teams in Cleveland. And to be blunt, we were here first. Yeah, you were there first, and you will still be there because you are not going to have to give up your name, but you're going to get money for it, which I find amazing. I find utterly amazing. Now, Aaron, the latest supply chain shortage in Columbus, Ohio, is not toilet paper. It's not food. It's not gas. It's electricity. We have a shortage of electricity in Columbus, Ohio, because American Electric Power is facing delays getting transformers, which are essential to bring power into neighborhoods. So you're a builder, and there are lots of new neighborhoods going up in Columbus. Out where I live, there are four new neighborhoods going up. In a recent note, AEP warned builders of the shortage, which it attributed to, wait for it, of course, supply chain delays. Other area electricity providers besides AEP say they too are seeing delays in getting transformers. The delays have forced some builders to rely on generators to finish up homes while they wait for AEP to hook up service. What do generators run on? Gas. So you're running a generator on gas at three twenty-five a gallon. What do you think that's going to do to the price of home building, finished carpentry, drywall, painting, 
All those things that you need. By the way, it's cold now. Got to heat that home. Got to heat that home with a generator. Or they're going to buy kerosene, blow heat into that home with a kerosene heater or some kind of gas heater or whatever. So uh, good luck to all of you who are building new homes. The cost is going to continue to go up. Um, Executive Director John Melchi of the BIA of Central Ohio, the building industry of Ohio, says that the shortage of electricity and generators is different than other shortages. If a window manufacturer can't meet demands, a builder can find another manufacturer. There is no alternative vendor for electricity that our folks can go to. No, there is not. No, there is not. That's too bad. I I hate to see that. But again, these shortages are being blamed on the pandemic. Oh, these COVID-related supply chain issues. What would that be like, blaming COVID for the supply chain issues? Let's see if I can think on my feet quickly. That would be like blaming Chevrolet for somebody running a red light and running you over in a Tahoe. Now, agreed, the Tahoe could not have run you over if Chevrolet did not produce it. But it is not Chevrolet's fault that the Tahoe ran you over. It is the fault of the person driving the Chevrolet. Similarly, the supply chain shortages are not the fault of COVID. Supply chain shortages are the fault of the idiot politicians who shut everything down during COVID. And then thought magically they could open it back up again and people whose jobs were taken away from them during the COVID shutdowns would not have gone on to find other jobs. Because unlike politicians, those people can't tax their neighbors when they want more money to pay their electric bill, their food bill, their gas bill. They have to go out and they have to actually find work. Because not everybody, much to the chagrin of Democrats, is geared to sit on their derriere and accept a free check for doing nothing. Because a lot of people have been raised by good parents who prize the American work ethic and who understand that their own mental health is compromised if they sit around and do nothing and take money for it. No, they have a desire to work. They have a need to work. Their self-esteem as well as their self-reliance is contingent upon working. And so all of a sudden, oh, we don't have enough truck drivers. We don't have enough crane operators. We don't have enough of anything. Because you shut everything down and now you have the temerity to blame it on COVID. The next time somebody blames something on COVID, go, no, 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 no. Is that really COVID's fault? Did the shipping containers get COVID? And now they can't hold merchandise? Did the ships get COVID? And they're too sick to sail? No, they're all out there in the harbor, loaded to the gills. It's not COVID's fault. It's the politician's fault who cowered in fear in the corner of a virus with a 99.9 plus percent survival rate. And now all the rest of us are paying the cost of that in myriad ways that we discover every single day. 
So the Pelosi clip that I'm watching is her saying that it's more of this climate change nonsense. Protecting Earth is a moral issue if you believe, as I do, that this is God's creation. And we have a moral obligation to be good stewards. You know, she's not wrong. We do have a moral obligation to be good stewards, and this creation is created by God. But you know what else is? Babies in the womb. Babies in the womb. I just want to respond to her inane, lip-smacking, Botox-induced comments by saying, now do children in the womb. Worship created things, not the creator. It is the darkness that permeates the left. Now, James O'Keefe of Project Veritas is a guy who, like Mike Lindell, drives the left crazy. Why does James O'Keefe drive the left crazy? Because he somehow figures out a way, without being shot or beaten up, to get leftists to say on camera things that they're supposed to not let out for public consumption. He's fantastic at this. So, of course, he must be eliminated. And so the Department of Justice knocked on James O'Keefe's door in the pre-dawn hours and raided his house. Why did they raid James O'Keefe and take his cell phone and take his records and take all the journalistic research that he had done at Project Veritas? Well, because they accuse him of obtaining and reporting incriminating information about Democratic Party leaders and their liberal allies. Now... Who would one of these Democratic Party leaders or their allies be? Well, it would be Joe Biden's daughter coming up on the outside. Her brother Hunter, who we thought had a 30-length victory in the horse race of most dysfunctional and damaging Biden progeny. No, wait! Coming up hard on the outside, it's daughter Ashley Biden. Yes, Ashley Biden's diary, which contains very uncomfortable statements about her father and the way he used to respond to her, uh, ended up in the hands of a lot of media. Now, what happens when explosive information that may or may not be true ends up in the hands of media? Well, it depends what kind of media's hands it ends up in. If it's the Steele dossier that is 100% fiction, and it ends up in the hands of a liberal hack outfit like BuzzFeed, well, they just run it. And if it ends up in the hands of another liberal hack like Adam Schiff, he reads it into the congressional record. But if it's Ashley Biden's diary, and it ends up in the hands of a conservative journalist like James O'Keefe, he realizes, you know what? This may be true, but it may not be true. I'm not running this, so he didn't run it. And yet he's raided anyway, and all his stuff is taken. Now, it is not illegal for journalists to receive material acquired illegally. It is not. That is not a crime by a journalist. So how do they get around this? Are we going to charge James O'Keefe? He's done nothing wrong. Fortunately, we have Merrick Garland on the case. He can make something legal appear illegal. He's doing it with parents and school boards. Let's turn him loose on James O'Keefe. Okay, so they did. And the way they have justified raiding James O'Keefe and taking his cell phone and taking his information is that he's not a real journalist. 
So he's not entitled to real journalist protections like the First Amendment. Now, I would say we are in an era where everyone has a cell phone where they can take a picture and everyone has a cell phone on which they can record your voice. Where I would argue in court that everyone is a journalist because everyone no longer needs a printing press and the means of distribution with lots of trucks. You can distribute it on your own website, which is free to compose, right? So you can all be journalists. But see, the people who consider themselves real journalists, the New York Times and others, they don't want the competition because they want you to pay for what they're giving you behind their paywall. They don't want people to give away information free, particularly information that conflicts with their own twisted, dark view of the world. So, the New York Times claimed last week that anyone who uses undercover investigations, which that is the foundation of Project Veritas, is automatically a non-journalist because that entails lying. (gasps) Undercover investigations entail lying. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I seem to remember the New York Times gaining a fair amount of prominence back in the 1970s, publishing a little thing called the Pentagon Papers. Google it, kids. The Pentagon Papers, released by Daniel Ellsworth on the front page of the New York Times in 1971. They were not obtained legally. They were not cleared by the State Department or the military to be published in the New York Times. No. They were not too happy about the fact that the Johnson administration had lied to the public and to Congress about things they were doing in Vietnam. But see, this was portrayed in the New York Times as being for the public good. Because again, what is the mantra of leftists? The ends always justify the means. But now the New York Times, which only a year or so ago, they were extolling the virtues of Mother Jones and Al Jazeera for their compelling reporting about Russia collusion and other things, all of which because they haven't changed their position on undercover reporting. They've only changed their, well, they haven't even changed their position. They've only found a way to justify some undercover reporting because it reports what they like. And the undercover reporting from James O'Keefe and others that reports things the New York Times doesn't want you to know or that the Biden administration doesn't want you to know, well, that makes them not a real journalist because a real journalist wouldn't write anything bad about Joe Biden.